things have happened since the last time we were able to be here. Aren't you glad we're still under his care, though, in his arms, when things are going so different than the way we think they ought to go? My, my, I'm so grateful that we can trust him, Brother West, when things are going the opposite of the way that we figure it here in our mind. This is what messes me up a lot of times anyway, isn't it, you? We figure we know how God's going to do this and that and the other, and he does things so much different. It can really mess with you now. I'm so grateful for each of you that was able to be here tonight. <clears throat> Thank you for, for coming. Um, I knew that we could have service with a couple of deacons, the musicians, but it sure ain't the same. So I figured those of you that was able to come, you would help pull. And Now remember, you're not just pulling from me. But you're pulling for your brothers and sisters that's sick tonight. And they'd love to be here and they can't be here. And you can imagine the encouragement that they need. Some of them are facing some very, very serious things. So we're just believing the Lord tonight that he's going to move for us. How many is encouraged that God's mindful of our needs and that he's going to bring us through all these difficult times? And we're going to be victorious. We are a victorious people. That's right. I want to say, um, I'll probably be saying it several times, but I want to say how much I appreciate all the different things that I've heard that the people in the body are doing for each other. It's just been absolutely wonderful. Now, you believe what you wish to, of course, but I think the Lord has been getting us ready for this thing right here that we're dealing with for quite a while. When you think back of what we've been hearing preached and you think, oh my, so that's what you meant when you were saying this and that and that. We thought it was just a really nice sermon and a lot of good quotes, but it wasn't, was it? It was prophecy. It was something the Lord was getting us ready for. It ought to make us listen a little bit more careful, don't you think? I know you know of so many needs and so many requests tonight. Um, We've been hearing some really good reports, thank the Lord, in the last few days of different ones that are doing better, ones that are being released out of the hospital, and we're so grateful to God for, for that. Um, some of the Aaron has already mentioned, I'm sure most of you already knew it, that Sister Karen Pruitt went home to be with the Lord. Uh, Lord willing, Carol and I will be leaving tomorrow to go down there to be a part of that uh, uh, services that they'll be having. So remember us, if you would, also the family and the church family. Sister Karen was a great lady. I know they're really going to miss her. We know that it gives us great hope knowing where the saints of God are gone, but it does not feel that empty spot here inside of our heart. And we know it's a contrast of dimensions is what happens whenever a saint of God leaves. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints, but for us it doesn't look too precious at the time whenever they're taken from us. But we know that it is. So I know that they would certainly appreciate your prayers. Brother Tim called me this morning, and one thing I said, but is there anything we can do for you? He said, please remember us in prayer. So I know that you'll do that. 
others that are in the hospital. Brother Larry Elliott having to have that emergency surgery today on his heart. And uh, I waited all day to be able to go see him, but it took quite a, quite a long time, several, several hours for this to take place. And I got a message some time ago, uh, maybe 4.30 or so, something like that, that they'd put him in recovery. And Philip had texted me uh, before I come out and said that possibly he'd be able to go in and see him. So I told him to tell him that we love him and we're, we're praying for him. Others that are in the hospital and sick, and as many of you know, Brother Jim Babb has been put on the ventilator, and um, he's certainly needing prayer. Uh, you know, for a lot of folks, you know, they put them on the ventilator, a lot of people just write them off. We ain't going to do that. Amen. If the Lord wants to take any of our saints home, none of our prayers are going to keep them here. But until the Lord lets us know he's going to take them home, we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep claiming his promises. So you want, you, know how, you want to know how to do that? That's the way I do it. Whenever people are going through things, I keep claiming the promise of God. If God wants to take them home, then you know what? That steps in. That overrides. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Until that happens, we keep on believing. We keep on claiming the promise. And that's what we certainly want to do for those that are sick and, and needy. I went to see Brother Jim yesterday, but they wouldn't let me in, in actually in, into the room. They let me go into the intensive care unit, but that's as far as they would let me go. So I stood at the door where he was and the lady there told me I could knock on the door, knock on the window, but I sent my prayers where my body couldn't go, and that was to the throne of God. And we're believing the Lord's going to move for our brother. Amen. Amen. You're believing that? I know you are. I have some prayer calls I want to preach with there tonight and pray over them as well. We have others, of course, that are very serious, and we, we know that you're aware of that. And I know children. Oh, I wish I could just... I wish I could just take every one of you up into my arms. Not only those of you that are here, but the invisible ones. I wish I could just make it better somehow. But I'm doing all I know to do for you. And that's to pray for you. Take you before the throne of God. And just believe the Lord that he's going to be with us. And make us stronger when we come through all of this. And don't you believe the same? Yes, I mean, a lot to be remembered tonight as we go before the Lord. I'm going to pray over these prayer calls and we'll <clears throat> wear them tonight too. So let's just approach him tonight. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, Lord Jesus. How fitting was the song that Brother Dave song, sung for us tonight. Lord, it's well. We know the background of that song and what a terrible, terrible dilemma that song came out of. Lord, it's no wonder it's been such a blessing to people down through the ages because it was written with such inspiration out of hard, difficult times. Father, we just want to bring our brothers and sisters before you tonight, Father, of our body here, our local assembly. Lord, some are home, some are feeling better, but they're just not strong enough to be in church. Lord, some are still in the hospital, some are still in quarantine, so they're just in all different stages. And Lord, some are still in the hospital. Our brother Jim Babb, Lord, their father with the vent on him tonight. But Lord, we're still believing your word. We don't just believe you when difficult times come, we believe you all the time. Because that's who and what we are. We are believers. 
So we're bringing them before you tonight, Father. And this is not something new. I know these saints have been calling the names of the people. I don't think, Lord, that it's ever been a time as it has been in the last year, nine months, six months especially, that I've had so many to pray for that I couldn't even remember them all by name. Most of the time, Lord, my memory is pretty good. But Father, being bombarded with names and requests and so many from around the world and then our own assembly, I can't even remember them all by name. So I have to write them down and be able to read them off to you in prayer. But Father, we're so grateful tonight when the numbers are overwhelming to us. They're certainly not overwhelming to you. So we're asking you that you'd move. Lord, these prayer calls that I have in my hands tonight for these urgent needs and requests, we're believing you, Father, that you're just going to move in a supernatural way. We thank you, Father, for what you've done. We give you praise for that. And we're believing you that you're going to continue to move among us, minister to our body. Father, help us, we pray, in the time of need and trouble. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. My son-in-law, Scotty, talked to me today and he wanted me to express to, <clears throat> to the body here. I'd gotten so many phone calls and texts and emails, different means of, uh, of communication of people letting them know, him and Sister Linda, that they were, uh, they were being remembered also in prayer. It was just overwhelming to him, he said today. And uh, he just wanted me to let you know that. Not only them, of course, but others as well. I've heard it from so many different ones that people have just been so overwhelmed by texts and phone calls and people going to get groceries and buying food and preparing food and just one thing after another after another. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't just do that for a brother and sister. You did that for Jesus. That's right. God bless you. Let's, let's turn tonight, if you would, to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 16. <clears throat> now, since we're only about, oh, maybe a tenth of our congregation or less, what that means is you folks that are here are going to have to say amen a little bit louder. So, uh, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how you're going to do that with that mask on. So if you need to do it with your hands or hit the back of the pew or just, you know, to let me know that you're with me and, and we'll pull together and we'll see what the Lord has got for us tonight. Amen. Aren't you glad we can be here? Amen. Praise the Lord. We say to those of you that aren't, we love you and we miss you and, and uh, we long for the time when we can all be together again. Uh, Lord willing, we have in service on Sunday. Um, I've been, been talking to some of the medical people here at the church and they say this, Virus can basically live 24 hours on a porous or non-porous surface. So we will probably not have a Saturday night service for a couple of weeks anyway and just kind of see how that goes. But be having service again here Sunday and Brother Darrell will be taking care of the service and Carol and I will be in Louisiana. So just remember that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. This is a very familiar scripture, but... We'd like to look at it tonight, maybe in a little more in depth, <clears throat> if the Lord would help us. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, 
the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Bar-Jonah, which means son of Jonah, B-A-R means son of, so he was a son of Jonah, so he was Bar-Jonah. For flesh, notice, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, which is Petra, which means little stone. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now the Greek word here, we've looked at it, it is ekklesia, which means this, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place, an assembly of the people convened at the public place. Now remember, this is the founder of the church. So anybody that gets a new revelation contrary to the founder is a wrong revelation. Now this is what the founder himself said that his church would be. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. May the Lord bless the reading of the word. You may be seated. Now, we know that this is actually the first time that Jesus speaks of his church. And it's amazing because the church has not, as of yet, been founded. Building his church was a future work he had not yet started. I want you to notice the phrase that the Lord Jesus chooses to use and he places it in the future tense. So he said, I will build my church. Not that I've started it yet. Not that I've even laid the foundation. But I'm going to build my church. So it's a future work that is yet to begin. Now, he he gives us several wonderful things inside these passages of Scripture, and he wants us to know that he's fixing to build something brand new. There's never been anything quite like what he's fixing to start. But before we go into that, I'd like to give you a background of this setting. Now, some of you might already know it, but if you do, you bear with me. And let us go back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And this will give us the background of what the Lord Jesus has said now in these prior verses. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, Now this is in the, if you don't know, it is in the farthest part of the land of Israel. It is about 125 miles from Jerusalem. So it's in the farthest north of the part of Israel that you can go. So in the proximity of the land, this is Gentile country. So here the Lord Jesus takes his disciples north. So they go into the land of Caesarea Philippi. And he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? 
Now, isn't this odd that the Lord Jesus did not ask the disciples in Bethany or Bethpage. He did not ask them in Jerusalem, which is the place where the name of God was. He did not ask them in the city of David. He did not ask them in Herod's temple. But he takes them north into a land far away from where the temple actually is. And he asks them, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, what a peculiar setting that the Lord Jesus would choose. Now, notice then in verse 14, and they said, some say thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now I want you to notice this now, that in this country of the northern land where they are, this is by no means an accident. Let me read to you what history says about this place. That it was a center for the worship of Baal. It was also one of the premier places for the Greek god called Pan, P-A-N. Pan had many shrines in this northern part of Israel. Also here in this same vicinity, Herod the Great had built a temple to honor Augustus Caesar. So here in the middle of Gentile heathenism, not in Jerusalem, not in the foremost part of Judea, but in the middle of Gentile heathenism, the Lord asked his chosen, who do you say that I, the son of man, am? So right in the very site, now to me this is phenomenal because according to history where they were setting, the Lord Jesus was facing this temple which had been erected by Herod and right in the middle of all of that, this surrounding, the Lord Jesus said, who do people say that I am? So they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some said you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elias, but then he brought it right on down, but I wanna know who do you say that I am? Now, with this setting in mind, the Lord Jesus is going to lay, begin the foundation of his church. Now, remember, the disciples are not born again yet, so they themselves do not fully understand what his purpose is about. From the messianic prophecies that they have been taught, they believe that the son of David is going to establish a kingdom and it will be called the kingdom of David. And they had prophecies that seem to allude to that, but they had those misaligned and they'd been lined up improperly and they had it totally, completely wrong. So they were looking for a messianic kingdom to come and the king would come upon the earth and in their time frame they believed that he would kick out all the Romans and he would establish the kingdom of God and Psalms 2 would be established upon the earth and that he would rule and reign from the city of Jerusalem as the son of David. But the Lord Jesus is fixing to bring an illumination upon what kind of kingdom that he's going to build. 
Now watch this. So in the midst of this Gentile heathenism, isn't it amazing that he did not do this in Jerusalem? But he does it in the midst of one of the greatest Gentile strongholds in the land of Israel. I don't think this is a mistake. But I believe the Lord Jesus was doing it for that time. And also it makes you wonder if it's not for a prophetic time ahead by which the Gentiles will come to the crowning time of their heathenism. And once again, the Son of Man will be revealed. And the elect will be asked, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Believe it or not, brother, sister, you and I are going to be faced with that same question. Now today, the majority of Christendom, if we would ask them who the Son of Man is, most of them would have no idea. Some of the message people would say, well, it was Brother Branham. It's clear if that is your answer, you don't have any idea who he is either. But if you know that the Son of Man is Christ the Word, and the Son of Man was revealing himself in a Son of Man. The prophet said, can't you get it separated now? It seems to be so hard for you to get it separated. The seventh angel is not the Son of Man, but the seventh angel is revealing to the public the Son of Man, for the Son of Man is Christ, and Christ is the Word. So here within the site of Caesar's temple, the Lord Jesus, and they're, they're having church, and what a great meeting that this is. So the year they got, they passed by the temples to Pan, they've passed by the temples to Caesar, and they've passed by all of these others, and the Lord Jesus now sets down his little flock, his little church, as it was, his little assembly, and they are gathered around the word. Now notice he's foreshadowing every God-called, every God-ordained assembly that'll come down through the Gentile church ages and the dispensation. So here is the Lord Jesus being the pastor of the flock, and here are the flock sitting around him, and in the midst of heathenism by which their eyes could be affected by, and no doubt they saw people worshiping Pan, and they saw them bringing sacrifices and incense and so on, and they saw them as they came by the great Acropolis there at Caesar and they saw all the other places and here was the Lord Jesus. There was no beauty about him that we would desire him. He was not a great man in stature. He was not a wealthy man. He was not a man that the world followed but yet they had a revelation that this was God's provided place of worship. Now, what you notice, Jesus is going to break something to them right in the sight of Caesar's temple. And he's going to give them the first peek into the order of the kingdom of God. Now, what he's going to do is break this error that they have perceived in their mind. Remember when the disciples come to him and their mother had come and said, Lord, would you grant that one of my sons would sit on the right side and one on the left side when you come into your kingdom? And many of them, they had this perception that he was coming to establish his kingdom on the earth. He was but it was going to be the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of heaven. 
You see, the kingdom of God is the invisible kingdom of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which baptizes us into the mystical body. The kingdom of heaven is that which will come down and bring all the powers of heaven and the throne of David and all that upon the earth. That is what we're looking for in the future. But the Bible says, whoa, the kingdom of God is within you. I'm glad we have it tonight. That's what's keeping us in this difficult time. So he is now going to let it out to them that he is not going to establish the kingdom that they have been looking for, but he's going to build a church. Now this must have been so odd and so peculiar to them that they would rejoice in you know, all thinking, my, the mighty Messiah is here. And now the Lord Jesus says that I am going to build my church. So here's all these great temples. Here's all these people that have come up to worship. They're coming from everywhere. This being in the northern part of Israel, people from Syria would have crossed over. People from Lebanon would have crossed over. People from Mesopotamia, all the different northern part because they were heathens. So they would have come from different places. And here is the Lord Jesus, the house of God, with the name of God, the introduction to the family of God. And he says, on this rock, this revelation of who I am, I am going to build my church. Now my church is not going to be a global kingdom. My church will not be headquartered in Rome. It will not be headquartered in Johnson City. It will not be headquartered in any other city on the earth, but it will be headquartered in heaven. Is that right? Now he's going to make not natural distinctions in this church. Now remember all these disciples that were there with him were as of the the birth, the early infancy of the church. They were all Jews. So no Gentiles were actually called to be in the original 12. Neither do we have any record that there was any call in to be the original 100 or whatever more that went out initially when he sent them out two by two. So it was all Jews. But he's fixing to break over the wall of partition and he's going to make Jews and Gentiles into one mystical body and it's going to be different than anything that's ever been on the earth. Oh, I'm glad we're part of that tonight. So the builder of the church, which is also the head of the church, is going to establish this church and he individually will baptize them into this body and they will be red, brown, black, white. They'll be of all cultures, all nationalities around the world. So they won't come to the place in Jerusalem, but they will belong to little local assemblies, but they'll be baptized into the great mystical body of God, which is an invisible union. Now I want you to notice this, that every believer will be identified according to what Peter said, and they will be called a lively stone in the house of the Lord. Now, this strange. Here they were. They were looking at all these gigantic stones. And I've stood in some of these places and seen. We stood not long ago at the city of Capernaum. And they dug down so many feet down below uh, the surface of the earth there. And there were gigantic stones that had been hewed out. And they dated back to the very original uh, synagogue that the Lord Jesus was thrown out of in Capernaum. And we stood and saw some of the stones that had been built that dated back to Herod's temple. Now, you imagine 
Imagine we're talking about 20-something B.C. or even prior to that, that they were hewn out. And Jesus was telling them, I want you to look around and see this. This is not what I'm going to build. I'm not going to build a great big temple over here and another great big temple over there. I'm going to have my temples, but my temples will be human beings and they will gather together in a community and they'll gather in a city and they'll gather over here and they'll gather over there and I will be with them in their midst all over the earth and they will be baptized into my body and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against them. I want you to notice then that the way this will come about is the builder, the founder of this that he's calling the church, he himself is the only one that can bring you into the church. That's why people can come here, but we cannot make them members of the body. They can come and say, well, I want this to be my church. That's fine, you're welcome. And we will welcome you to do that. But only the builder himself can baptize you into his own body. We cannot join it by church. Now, before we go on into this about the gates of hell, let me show you that the Lord Jesus himself, by the spoken word, speaks an attribute to this church that hell must shudder at, even at this very day, every time it hears it preach. And that is the absolute indestructibility of this church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is spoken by the word that she cannot ever under any circumstance, under any conditions ever be destroyed. The church has something that, that no other thing in the world. Look at our banking system. It is destructible. Look at your job. It is destructible. Look at our health. It is destructible. Look at our money. Look at everything that is around us outside of Jesus Christ. Every bit of it will pass away. But the Lord Jesus spoke an indestructibility that would be attributed to this church. My brother, sister, can't you understand how the church of the living God has withstood persecution. They have withstood trials. They have withstood tests. They have withstood sickness and disease. And may I go on to say they will tonight. They will tomorrow. If time goes on another hundred years, the power of the Lord Jesus is in his church and the church of the living God is indestructible. She will not fall. She will not falter. The devil cannot tear her down. The world cannot bring her down. Sickness cannot bring her down. She is indestructible. Oh, hallelujah to God. I'm not indestructible. You're not indestructible. But if we're in the church, the church is indestructible. Your health is destructible, so is mine. Everything around us outside of God and his word. But Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. Look at this word as I was running across it this week studying. The word indestructibility means incapable of being destroyed, ruined, or rendered ineffective. Praise be to God. 
I hope every devil down in hell hears that meaning of that word because I just described part of what Happy Valley Church is part of. Happy Valley as a building is destructible. Come on with me, saints. Is that right? As far as human beings inside of this, oh yes, one day or another we'll die, we'll go by the way of the grave, but that church that we're baptized into is absolutely indestructible. And once we are filled with the Holy Ghost and sealed to the day of redemption, our soul is indestructible as well. My health may go, my sight may go, my hearing may go, but my soul can never get away from the presence of God. It has that attribute of indestructibility. Praise be to God. Notice this Jesus in verse 18. And I say also unto thee, thou art a little stone. Now this is of course where the Roman church takes the word Petra. It's actually a play on words when you look at it. Jesus says, I say to you, little stone, not on you, but on the big rock of Revelation, I'll build my church. We don't need Peter's bones in our church. We got the same revelation Peter had. I wouldn't want Peter's bones in this church. This church ain't a cemetery. Well, praise the Lord. If I ever die, don't put my bones in here. They'll smell like any other rotten animal on the side of the road. Come on, we're not one to be built on somebody's bones. We're one to be built on the revelation of the word. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, to the Jews, it was different than us today. We don't, you know, we don't think about gates that much. But to them, they were very familiar with the symbolism of a gate. Gates in the ancient time was not only used for protection, but gates were the place by which policy was made. The elders of the city, remember Ruth and Boaz? And whenever Boaz went before the elders, he called the council together where? At the gate. In the Old Testament, where did Abraham buy the plot of land from the sons of Hamor? At the gate. So the gate was the place of legal dispute. The gate was the place by which counsel took place. The gate was also the place that armies went out to attack. Oh my. So when Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he is telling the church, look church, I'm going to build you, I'm going to establish you, but I want you to know because you are my work, hell will attack you. The policy of hell will be against you. The attack of the armies of Hades will be after you. Everything they can do will be at you. Now listen, friend. The devil and the gates of hell is not against NASA. It is not against, well, come on now. It is not against the denomination. It is against the church of the living God. The policy of hell is against us as believers. The policy of hell 
what they do as an army. So out of the gates of hell comes diseases. Out of the gates of hell, let this word, the demons come out from the gates of hell. They break into the fourth dimension and from there comes diseases and things that plague humanity. Well, they're trying to figure out, did this COVID come from Wuhan or come from here or there? I can tell you where it come from. It come from the pits of hell. Come on, saints, is that right? So everything that came out from the gates of hell, it would be the gathering of their, their, their witches, as it were, their goblins and things, as we would say it in our sense. But it's demons and the hierarchy of the principalities of the powers and darkness. And their policy is what? To destroy you. It is to destroy you. So they come out with sickness and disease. There's some demons that work in the realm of oppression and sadness and all kinds of besetting sins. But every one of them come right out the gates. And out of the gates they come to attack what? The church. Oh my. But the church is upheld by the power and the promise of our Lord Jesus. And it will never, let me emphasize that till hell boils over tonight, it will never be vanquished, it will never be conquered, it will never be defeated. Let them get together and have their deliberations. Let the demons, no doubt, Not over just a few weeks ago in the gates of Hades, a a great deliberation was called. We're gonna attack Happy Valley again. We're gonna attack this church, that church, that church. People, you know, that don't really understand the word, they sit back and look at it and think, wow, I wonder why them particular people are being attacked. They must be evil. They must be really bad people. Well, look at our church, the first church of so-and-so. Well, ain't hardly nobody in our church goes through nothing. While we just breeze through everything. (laughs) I'd be crying like I don't know what if that was us. I'll tell you one thing, if we ain't got no trials going on in this church, we're out of the will of God. You see, the gates of the city was where the ancient deliberations took place. The plans took place. How to destroy cities and kingdoms and monarchies and how to get a hold of the people. The Lord Jesus knew exactly what he was saying, that the gates of hell will be against my church. But before I even baptize one person into my mystical body, let me tell you the foundation my church is built upon. It is built upon my policy of indestructibility. It is not built upon policy of emotions. It's not built upon policy of just being good or being up or being down. It's built upon the policy of indestructibility that I will never let it fail. So while hell has been making its policy, the Lord Jesus has already made one. I'll tell you how good this policy is. 
The Lord Jesus made this policy as he walked through the gates of Caesarea Philippi. Him and the little local assembly there were gathered together. They followed him up there and they passed through all these things. And that was the pastor sitting in the assembly and the little group of followers that he had sitting around him. And this policy was so accurate and so perfect. Spoken 2,000 years ago, not one word has had to be added to it. Not one comma, not one parentheses, not one misspelling. It was so perfect that it's carried the church down for 2,000 years and may I say tonight it's just as solid, it's just as perfect brother West, it has just as much power to bring you and I through the hour we're living in as it did when the Lord Jesus spoke it 2,000 years ago. The church still has the power of indestructibility. She cannot be stopped. She cannot be shut up. She cannot be killed. You can't burn it out of her. You cannot pour it out of her. The Holy Ghost is so in her soul, she's sealed to the day of redemption. Oh my, look at this. The Lord Jesus says, and I say also unto thee that thou art Petra, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And the word prevail means to be strong to another's detriment. To prevail against, to be superior in strength to overcome. Brother Donnie, it feels like we're going to fail. No, I refuse to believe that. I believe what the builder of the house said. The builder of the house said, the gates of hell will never be superior against the church of the living God. Notice this. Oh, I've had a time this week looking at this, of what the prophet said. Listen to this, and I'll say this with respect, hallelujah. All hell can't stop it. It's ordained of Jesus Christ to be so, and it will be, for upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How? What is it? What kind of a church? Flesh and blood has not revealed it to thee. Oh, my Peter. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed it to you. Spiritual revelation by the Holy Ghost of the word of God. On this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. She's moving on. And the church said, now brother, being she's pushed and made fun of, persecuted, pushed back and everything, one of these glorious mornings, hallelujah, the great master who stands in glory, pointing out his servants, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, not by theology, not by grammar, not by these other things, but by simple, holy, unadulterated faith in the Son of God and what he said in his word. Brother Donnie, I don't feel it. He never said, by this you'll know that she cannot be destroyed because you feel it, but because he said so. Do we believe it whether we feel it or not? Do we believe what he said because he's God? Notice this. He said, God's church shall never. Listen to every one of you foul, rotten devils down in hell. God's church shall never fail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Should they be against it. But they cannot prevail. The church is going to triumph 
through the blood of Jesus Christ to the victory march. Praise be to God. I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to just wait till over yonder to have a march. I feel like sometimes we need to march in faith right now saying glory to God we're going to it. But we're all part of that victory right now. Oh my, I'm positive of this one thing. That God will have a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Amen. I'm so happy about that. Well, do we just believe that was a nice quote back in 1953 or 1954 or 1955, but oh my, it didn't apply today. I believe it applies better now than it did even then. No doubt it was hard times then, but brother, sister, there ain't no way they're dealing with what we're dealing with in this hour. Notice again, he said, don't pay no attention to what the world's got to say. Look at what God's got to say. This is the word of God. We have to build it according to the blueprint. What are we talking about? Building a church. Because he said to Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Everything else will take place. And oh, notice this. It showed the gates of hell would be against it, but not prevail. And the people, well, you ought to put this on your refrigerator. You ought to put it on my, everywhere where you need to be encouraged. And the people thinking they can stop it, you can stop the sun quicker. Why? The indestructibility of this church is so powerful. People can stop the sun quicker than they can stop the church of the living God. Can you imagine signs saying, we're going to stop the sun? Yeah, we'll watch you, okay? We're not going to hold our breath while you do it. We're going to go ahead and enjoy life because you're not going to be able to do it. But you could stop the sun easier than you can stop the church of the living God. Amen. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You could stop the sun quicker. That's right. You can't stop it. God has ordained it to move on. Praise be to God. Notice this in Zurich, Switzerland. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Is that right? Say amen. amen. Congregation says. Amen. So the gates of hell would be against it. I hope you don't misunderstand me. In one way, I count it an honor that hell hates us the way it does. You ought to be some of the happiest people in the, in the spiritual sense in the world to know how Satan hates you. He hates this word you sat under. He hates this prophet. He hates this prophet's message. There's not a cult around the world that is blasted and run down and lies told on like they are told on the followers of this true message. Why? Hell hates it. But that's only half the story. We hate hell. Amen. We done, we done had our meeting inside the gates too. Praise God. We done had our meeting inside the gates and said we are more than conquerors through him who gave himself for us. Amen. Notice this. My, my. He said don't try to stop this revival. You're only putting your hand in God's word. All the tools that's formed against God's will. Listen to this. That's formed against God 
will come to naught. Every website, every speaker, every preacher, every book, everything they try to do to fight against this word, it'll come to naught and the evidence will be used against them at the day of judgment. They will not stop it. Why? The Lord Jesus said the gates of hell cannot destroy it. For Jesus said, all gates of hell can't prevail against it. The day is here. How did Peter know that? He said, the spiritual revealed truth of God has revealed it to you. So the church of the living God, hear me, is built not upon the experience of a seminary or a bunch of men's creeds, but upon the spiritual revelation of God's word. Amen. The spiritual revealed truth from God's word. How many's got it tonight in your soul? What do you think's keeping you this hour, friends? Oh my, notice this, the power of God. God's church will move on just as sure as the world. They tried that before, fed them to lions, burn them to the stake. But God's church moved on just the same. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Showed all the gates of hell. You know why the gates of hell ain't against the denominations? Because we keep them so busy they ain't got enough time to fool none of the rest of them. Half the gates ain't fighting the message, folks, and the other half over the church of Christ. You think the devil's fighting the church of Christ? He owns it. He runs it. He runs the denomination. He's the head of all of that system. Every foe, every imp out of hell is focusing right on the message of the hour. I ain't talking about just everybody that says they're in it. I'm talking about those that are in it and it is in them. Oh, glory to God. Notice God will move right on was his church. It's always, amen, it always will be that way. They tried to stop it. They tried to burn it out of people. They tried to feed it to lions and the lions wouldn't eat it. They tried a lot of things to stomp out this old time religion. Oh, glory to God, listen how long it'll last. But it'll be good on till Jesus comes. There's no way of stopping it. So devil, you can take your COVID right back to hell. You can take your sadness. You can take your depression. You can take whatever right back to hell with you. You will not stop the church of the living God because God has given it an attribute of indestructibility. You can destroy the sun quicker. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Notice this, upon inspiration, the Lord Jesus Christ of the word. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, though it shows all, all. This message ain't so weak and puny that he's just got a door, a little tiny two-by-two door, and say, here you go, they message people on that message. It's such false prophecy and it's so stupid and it's so much error. We don't even have to worry about them. Every gate in hell is aimed at us. There ain't even no more doors left. There ain't no more dogs left. There ain't nothing else left. We're keeping every one of them so busy. They're working themselves to death right now. You say, it looks like to me that they're, they're doing a pretty good job on us. That's because you're looking at it only one-sided. Brother, sister, there is something about us that demons don't have. They are destructible. Yeah. 
You see, there is no redemption for fallen angels. Jesus Christ never shed blood for an angel. Once an angel falls, he's fallen forever. But we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord and given this attribute because we're part of the church. We are indestructible. Brother Donnie, we're dying and we're having funerals. Oh, but that's only the house we lived in. The indestructible attribute was born again of the Spirit of God and entered into the realm of indestructibility. Sickness cannot destroy it. Death cannot destroy it. Sadness cannot destroy it. It is indestructible. Oh, notice this. He says, God said when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise up a standard against it. God will do it. And when all the gates of torment is pressing against that little church, I love that analogy. I love that analogy. All the gates of torment against that little, teeny, small, little, itsy, bitsy, wee, 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 tiny church. And it takes all the gates of hell. Oh, glory to God. Against that little church and everything they do, they cannot stop her. Praise God. Hallelujah. When all the gates of torment is pressing against that little church, yet it will never. You hear this church? Never. It will never prevail. She will go right on. Oh, Brother Donnie, some have passed away. Yes, they have. And there may be more that'll pass. Or you say, we lost. How can you figure that? Just because they passed beyond the curtain of time don't mean that they're lost. My brother, sister, he said, we prayed that God would heal them. God has two ways of healing. God can heal us in time while we're in this body. Or if God chooses, sometimes he chooses to heal people of their mortality, not their sickness. And if he heals them of their mortality, they enter into that word, theophany body. Praise God. It's better than any divine healing they ever had in their life because they were healed of being immortal. You say they lost. They never lost. Whatever it was that had them bound down on the sickness, that demon itself, that old cancer devil, that thing died, but they've now moved beyond that realm, praise God, into eternity. They can never be destroyed. Oh, this is what it is right here, brother and sister. Time-tested material upon this rock, not upon some rock of fanaticism, not a bunch of emotion, not upon a bunch of church theology, not upon some denomination, but upon this solid rock, Christ's word, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell can never prevail against it. It'll be there. It'll be a memorial of his grace in the presence of the angels. I hope you don't misunderstand me. I imagine in the last few weeks, the angels of God have been sent on mission after mission. Just as some of you have brought groceries and food and this and that and the other to others that were sick and were hurting. And you reached out your heart to them. 
But you was only making the beans and the maters and the taters and all that sort of thing. But I believe angels were sent to help minister courage and strength and faith. And what is God building? Time-tested memorials. Now, I've stood in Rome and seen part of the Colosseum. I've stood in Europe, different parts of Europe, and seen structures and stones that were there that date back in the early times of Greece. And yet there, you look at it, it's like, wow, how did they do that? At Shiloh, we stood uh, back when on our trip to Israel and saw as they were there currently digging things out, and there they found a Roman capital which had been buried there in the dirt and the sand and the rubble. And Brother Dave, you look at it, and then you, you, they, we saw them just standing real close to them as they dug it out. And there it was. It had been buried for hundreds of years, almost 2,000 years. And they had no routers. It was made out of solid stone. What was it? A memorial of workmen, of what they did. But one day, them capitals and that marble will become dust. But God is working on a memorial right here in 2021. What is it? It's not a natural building with pretty walls, nice carpet on the floor. But it is a time-tested material. It is faith in the hearts of his children that they cry and pray, oh God, deliver us, oh God, help us. And it seems like sometimes he'll slam his door right in our face. And what do we do? We keep on crying. We keep on praying and we go ahead and praise him in advance. What's he making? He's building a structure out of time, tested material. He don't want to close off this life stage with material that is so flimsy that if they go a week without feeling him, that they're ready to backslide. Well, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to turn my back. Oh, no. The crowning of his achievement of 2,000 years of Gentile work will be a time-tested material of people who have been so tested and tried that the Lord God can set them right up on top of this work. You imagine Paul and Arrhenius and Luther and Wesley and all the great buildings who fit together. And God has allowed us, my brother, sister, to be set right on the top of this great building of God. All their suffering, all their martyrdom, all they went through. And God has given us the crowning position. And the capstone will set down where? Right next to us. Brotherly love. The seventh ad. The seventh ad. And what's it going to be built out of? Time-tested material. It ain't going to be out of marshmallows. It ain't going to be out of your child's Legos. It ain't going to be out of plastic material that the least little test of fire burns it away. But it'll be out of time-tested material established in the hearts of believers that would be willing to be another martyr if it took it. Oh, notice this. He says, thank you, Lord God. It'll be a memorial of his grace in the presence of the angels. Can you imagine, my friends, as we stand before the Lord God that day 
And the angels of God stand there and know, don't you think they don't know what you've been going through? Don't you think they don't know what our church is going through? What other churches are going through around the world? We're not the only ones. Oh my, I've been so bombarded by emails from Uganda, from India, from Durban, South Africa, from all over the world of people that are going through much worse than we are. Oh yes, I know we've had it hard, but at least most of you've got food on your table. Many of them are begging us for food, begging us to give them something to help them get by because they've been shut down. Now they've entered into another shutdown. They can't have church. They can't work. They cannot do anything. Don't think that we're the only one. That's the way Satan likes to do us. He likes to say, well, you're the only one. You're the only one going through it. No, you're not. You've got brothers and sisters around the world that are being tried like you are because this is going to be a multicultural, multinational bride all made out of the same stuff time-tested material. Oh, nothing can stand in the way of the great, mighty church of the living God. It shall prevail. Though all hell is against it, it will prevail because going, this is our secret, because going ahead of it is a great and mighty conqueror, the Lord Jesus and Happy Valley said, you that ain't here too, you say it at home. Let me, let me read just one more. Can I share it with you? My, I found so many of these. It was so wonderful. A this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Will never be able to prevail against it, but show they would be against it. Now watch and see where the gates of hell is against. It ain't against the denomination. The government recognizes that. The world recognizes our denominations, all of them. We have the right, each one of us as American citizens, we have the right to the denomination, which is fine. We appreciate that, but that's not what the gates of hell is against. Amen. It's against the spiritual, listen to this, revelation of Christ being here now. Amen. Amen. Now listen. Yes, sir. The same yesterday today and forever. Now let me just go ahead and say it. The gates of hell are not against those who are trying to point us back to what God was. The gates of hell is not fighting the tape only move. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say it with you or without you. It is not against it. The gates of hell is for it because it's against the teachings of the Lord Jesus against the teachings of the prophet William Marion Branham. So I'm against it. Well, praise the Lord. And the gates of hell is not against us. Oh my, all the things I hear of the world, all the UN and this and that and the other, but the gates of hell is against the church of the living God. Because why? The church wants to let the Lord Jesus present himself as being here now. Not just here through 1965 and then we have to play a memory or we have to listen to what God was and listen to miracles that happened in 61 and 62 and 63 and 64. I love listening to those miracles, but listening to those miracles gives me faith to believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you something, brother, sister, it ain't gonna do no good for us to take a picture of a 
painted fire and put it up against that window down there where Brother Jim Babb is laying there fighting for his life tonight. It ain't gonna do us no good to point way ahead sometime of something in the future. We need a living, resurrected Lord Jesus that we can say he is here now and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. The gates of hell is not against some of these message people making Brother Branham God. They're not against trying to knock all the God call men out of the pulpit. No. But they're against those who believe. They dare to believe that Jesus is here now. And that he's the same. Look, friend, Brother Branham is not Hebrews 13.8. Paul wasn't Hebrews 13.8. He's the one that wrote it, but he wasn't writing about himself. He was writing about Jesus Christ. Brother Rob, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do we need him? I don't know about you, like never before. I guarantee you, you feel like I prayed, you prayed day and night. How many's been doing it? I mean, every awakening hour, you don't just wait to go to the prayer closet. Every moment that you have time, God, remember this, brother. God, remember that, sister. God, remember this family. God, remember that. God, remember that. It's brought us closer, has it not? Oh, my, what Satan thought would destroy us, the Lord God will turn it right around and bring us closer together if we'll allow him to do so. And may I say to every one of them imps and demons out of hell, to the church of Jesus Christ it's given the spoken word attribute of indestructibility. You will never destroy her, Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't talking about me. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about the church of the living God. Oh, you say, how are we safe? Part of that church. We're part of that church by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why we can stand as a mighty army. Don't you think we're fighting this alone? Saints of God all over the world are praying for us during this time of great trial. You don't know it, I know you don't, but they're praying for us around the world. They're calling our names before the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Tell me how in the world can we be defeated? We will not be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if the Lord Jesus come by this place tonight with just a few of us here and would ask us the question, Carol, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Wes, who do you say I am? Sisters, young people, who do you say? Well, you, you was this and, and you're going to be. No, he wants to know who you think he is now. Who do you say he is? I say he's the word. Amen. I say he's God. Yes, sir. He ain't no second person, the Godhead. Amen. He is the Godhead. Amen. And I say he's right here tonight. Yes, sir. I say you brought him to church with you, those of you that have the Holy Ghost. I say he's been with you at home through your trials. Praise God. And I say to you that are sick tonight that can't be here, he's with you right there, brother, sister. Don't think he's forsaken you. He knows your address. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you for this simple thought tonight, Lord. Dear Jesus, it encourages us, Lord, to know that you're mindful of us.
Lord God, we and ourselves, my, it wouldn't take a gate against me. I'd be no comparison just to one devil in my own strength and my own power. But as long as you're in me, you and me are the majority. Praise God. If you're living inside of me, Lord God, then one to put a thousand, two to put ten thousand. Praise God. We are unstoppable. We're undefeatable. We're indestructible. Why? Because you said so. Lord God, may you strengthen your people around the world. I know, Father, we're focused on our troubles and they're many right now. But Lord God, I ain't just bearing the load of the local church. But Father, all the emails and texts and things that I'm getting from around the world, how your people are going through so much stuff, Father. Would you be mindful of us, Jesus? Lord God, I pray you would help us. Lord, as I shared a quote this week with someone that the prophet said, the worst thing that Satan can put upon you is fear. And he said, even if a person had cancer, it couldn't hurt them too bad if they wasn't afraid of it. Praise God. Lord, then someone telling me today that they had just heard through studies that science was naming the things that was affecting folks that get COVID-19. And the first things that they said that would bother them was the physical part, different weaknesses and things in their body. The second thing that they mentioned was people fearing it, people being afraid of it. Oh God, I thought that was so wonderful. Your prophets done told us that years ago. Thank you for it, Lord. And if we're not careful, we'll read so much, we'll have such fear about this evil thing. Many people know more about COVID-19 than they know about the message, which is a shame. And then we have to change all that information next week because the doctors don't even know much what they're talking about. They've changed, I don't know how many times, no wonder we ain't got no confidence in what they say, Lord. We're so glad you ain't like that. Our doctors have told us to do one thing, then they told us to do something else. They told us masks wasn't no good, and then they told us to mask up, then they told us to take them off, now they're telling us to put them back on. I I wish they'd get it straight, Lord. But there's one thing about you. When you say something, it forever can be based upon. What you gathered your little disciples there that day and said, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's been good for 2,000 years. Let my voice reverberate down into the gates of hell itself. Hallelujah. Not that I'm anything, not that our church is anything. I'm only repeating by faith what you said in your word. Let hell know there's believers on the face of the earth, all over the continents on the earth that still stand on your word, Lord God. And we want to testify and give you praise in advance. We will see miracles. Praise be to God. We will see the mighty hand of God. We will see people come out of the hospitals. We will see people come out of the the ventilators. We will see blood pressures go down. We'll see kidney function come up. We will see miracles. Not because we're anything. We're just simple believers that take you at your word. And this is why all hell is against this revelation that you are here now. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Strengthen your people, I pray, Lord God. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight, Jesus. 
Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Oh, don't you love him, children? Praise the Lord. Oh, me, each one of you here that's present tonight. Maybe some of you came and you didn't feel like it, but you just come on anyhow. Some of you wanted to come. I know there are, because I got texts right back in my office before I come out. I wanted to come tonight, but I was so weak, I just couldn't do it. May the Lord Jesus strengthen you, brother, sister, right there in your home. Some of you still fighting the fatigue and the weakness of getting over this thing. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may the angels of God visit your neighborhoods. May the angels of God visit you, friends, with strength. If you feel downhearted and discouraged, may the presence of the Lord come and minister to you tonight. May you take courage and hope and know that the church of the living God is indestructible. Satan will never render us impotent. He will never render us to where we will be ineffective. He's not destroyed the denominations, but he's rendered them ineffective. So they don't have a gospel that'll produce the power of the Holy Ghost. So they got big churches, they got large assemblies, but they're ineffective with what they're saying. But Satan will never be able to render the church of the living God to where she's impotent, that she has all the mechanics, but she has no dynamics. She has the life and the word, praise God, that makes give life to that word. Oh, Jesus, we worship you tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Father, I thank you for what you're gonna do for Brother Jim Babb, I thank you in advance. I thank you, Lord, for what you're gonna do for Sister Joanne, Sister Wendy's mom. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do for Brother Tim Airwood. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do for Brother Larry Elliott right there in the hospital, Father, for his wife, Sister Tanya. Lord Jesus, for the many, many ones that we have on our prayer list, Lord God, we give you praise tonight for every one of them that's going to be totally delivered of every symptom of COVID. We're not signing for any of them. Lord, I just read the other day where President Biden is going to now include lasting symptoms of COVID into the disability thing. I thought, oh my, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Some people will hang on to it so they can get a disabled check. So Lord, we'd rather have healing than we would a disability check. We thank you, Lord God, if there's people that's fighting dizziness and nausea from lingering effects of COVID, in the name of Jesus, may they be delivered, Father. For those that are fighting fatigue and just wore out, some of them still dealing with that little old hacky cough, in the name of Jesus Christ, may it leave them, Father God. We give you praise, Lord, because the church of the living God will not be destroyed. It is your word. Your whole entire reputation is based upon this promise. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. It gives us such hope tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. You will not fail. We thank you tonight, Heavenly Father. Praise be to God. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Brother West, would you come up, brother, and offer prayer for the, for the saints, visible and invisible. Amen. Just hold them them people in your heart. You remember how you can remember the person standing beside you. Remember the rest. We'll all pray together. Praise God. Lord Jesus, when the blind called out to you and you came by, Lord, they didn't remain blind because you were on the scene and we know 
we know that you're not only is your presence here tonight in this church but it's very your very presence is in our heart in our souls lord you're living out through us we believe you lord we believe your word we know that it can never be broken lord we know it'll never be bent it'll stand when heaven and earth pass away how can we look to anything else as your children lord how can we look to anything at all lord through the centuries many people many people have forgotten who you are and what you've done for them in the past we don't ever want to forget what you've done in the past. But we want our eyes opened right now that you're the same. That was there in the past, you're the same here today. Right now, at this moment, you're the same. We don't want to be blind and forget, Lord. We want to know who you are right now, presently, at this time. We can stand for each other. We can stand as a body. We can believe together. We can call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we can hear his voice. We believe you, Lord. Lord, we ask for comfort for those who are experiencing loss. Comfort each one of us, Lord, because the body is taking a hard blow when it comes to that. But we also stand strong in your name, Lord. And we stand against everything that Satan is trying to do. Lord Jesus, we've asked for healing. And you have heard. And we know now that all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is simply believe. We praise you, Lord. We praise you beforehand because we know. We know that when we are blind to what your plan is, we can trust that in the end, it is all going to be perfect. Lord, not a thing is going to be left out. Not one person is going to be forgotten. In your plan, no one is left out, Lord, that's part of the body. We look to you, the perfect one, the creator, our God, our Lord, our Savior, our Master. We love you, Lord. We appreciate everything that you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, for making us strong in a time of weakness. Lord, thank you for bringing comfort to each member of the, of, the, of the body of Christ, Lord, in your own way. You know how to make one word blossom into a bouquet of joy, Lord, in our souls. We thank you, Lord. Help us to stand strong for each other, together, and under you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you and praise you for everything you're doing that we can't see right yet. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Oh, it's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord, the battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. Oh, it's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Our sister Roseanne wants to stand in for her children starting school. I was actually going to have prayer for all of our, all of our kids um, before they started school. I know some started today, maybe some at a different time. But can we as we're praying for her, can we pray for all of our, all of our children?
some of you got your children here tonight, and many, of, of course, aren't here, but let's pray for all of them together, can we, that God will help them. We know it's, it's a dangerous time, not only just the COVID thing, but all the things that are going on. So let's pray for our sister children, but also pray for all the children of the church. Lord God, we ask you tonight on behalf of our children. Lord, we're praying for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we know that it's, it's, we've never been in a time like this before. But yet, God, we don't believe that you want our lives to be motivated and controlled by fear. Lord, we do not believe that the spirit of fear that Satan is trying to grip the world with is from you, but it's of the enemy. So, Lord God, I pray for our children. Amen. Our sister had her children on her heart tonight, and watch, we're praying for hers. We want to pray for all the rest of them. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, would you watch over our children? Father, many of them going to private schools, many of them going to public schools, some being homeschooled. Lord, just a different variety. But we pray for all of them. We pray for the mothers and the fathers. We pray for those that are being homeschooled, that you just grant grace and mercy to the mothers and those that are teaching them. Father, for those that don't have the ability to do that, but they send theirs to public school, may you be with them, Father. Lord, we pray for our children. Lord, we don't just pray because COVID is rampant, but sin is rampant, Lord. We pray for them that the Spirit of God would keep them from temptation and keep them from wrong and keep them from the evils, Lord. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God watch out for our children, Lord. We don't want, Lord God, our children to just to be a casualty, but we're claiming our children to go with us. As Moses told them, we're not leaving one hoof behind. We're not giving one of ours to the devil and let the devil have them. No, we claim them as children for the kingdom of God's sake. Be with them, I pray, Father. Watch over them and keep them, Father, in this time. In Jesus Christ's name. Praise God. Praise God. It's already done. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, it's already done. Praise the Lord, the battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. Yes, it's already done. Oh, the V. 
and the strain that even it puts on him, everyone being sick, feeling like, I don't know, maybe he's responsible in some kind of way, which he's not, but just the responsibility that he has and the prayers and the, the amount of people that call upon him. Let's just pray for him and Sister Carol, especially as they be traveling. Lord, give him traveling mercies. Let's sing this song tonight, Every Praise is Do Our God. Let's try to sing that tonight as we go. Amen. God bless you. I want to remember um, the Airwood family tonight. Brother Tim, Brother Scott's father passed away and went to be with the Lord today. So let's just remember them in the upcoming days. Also, I forgot to make mention, so many needs. The Nunley family want to just continue to hold them up before the Lord in the passing of Brother Daniel. Amen. Certainly a, a great treasure that we'll be missing here at the church. Let's sing that chorus. Maybe Kiji. Oh, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. God. 
Yes, He is. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Oh, sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. You can be this best tonight. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is, yes, He is, every praise is to our God, every word of worship with one accord, every praise, every praise to our God Oh, sing hallelujah to our God Glory hallelujah is to our God Every praise Every praise is to our God Oh, God my Savior God my Pray. 
praise. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship. Oh, every praise, every praise is to our God. Oh, sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Oh, your God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Every praise is to our 